I'm Ailee Sliffering. And I'm George Sleffo. And welcome to the third season of The Current Podcast. The Current is your deep dive into the future of TV, media, and data-driven marketing, all explained in plain English. We talk to the biggest names in digital marketing. And in this episode, we speak with Stephanie Sherman, Chief Marketing Officer at DraftKings. Sherman was among the company's first 15 employees. That means she has a deep understanding of how to best leverage DraftKings' treasure trove of data, as well as what messages its player base wants to hear. We also wanted to know about Stephanie the person, and as it turns out, she comes from a family of athletes. Growing up, my father was an Olympic boxer, so from early, early days, a lot of orientation around sport and athletics in general. I ran track through college, so very focused on that, and it's actually interesting to see sort of fandom now through the eyes of my five-year-old son. You ran track and your dad was a boxer. That probably means he taught you a few things and you can beat me up if you wanted to. <laughs> Better watch out. Come on. <laughs> yeah, please don't beat me up. You have been with DraftKings for the past nine years, one of the first 15 employees at the company. But recently you were promoted to the role of CMO. Can you tell us a little bit about your past position as Senior Vice President of Marketing? How does this role feel different? And what are you hoping to achieve for the brand? It has been quite a journey over the last nearly 10 years, as you mentioned, starting with 15 or so folks, and now we're over 4,000 and we're at our 10 year anniversary as an organization. So certainly have been doing a lot of reflecting in general on our journey as an organization, where we've been and where we aspire to go over the coming years. From those early days, you know, certainly a lot of things have remained the same, whether it's a relentless focus on the customer, testing, learning, data-driven marketing, focus on great talent, great people. All of those things hold true today. But as we've scaled over the years, the growth, the complexity, fun marketing challenges to solve. So the past role that I was in, SVP of marketing. So that role was focused on what we have here of channel marketing. So all the distribution channels that we touch our players, existing and potential. So whether that's external marketing channels, traditional, you know, linear TV to digital marketing out of home, as well as our internal CRM channels emails, push notifications to our database. With this promotion into this position, we're really bringing under our brand and agency as well as our strategic partnerships under the same umbrella. We're excited to further continue to think about marketing in as holistic a way as we can with all those customer touch points and the customer journey. And I'm hoping to achieve, I think what we're hoping to achieve with this is really that authentic, relevant touch points across all of our brands We announced today our closing of our acquisition with Golden Nugget. And so as we think beyond sports betting and casino and some of the other verticals, DraftKings brand, Golden Nugget brand, really having consistency and relevance and being authentic to all those that we're talking about. I'm going to pour a little bit of cool water on an issue that's top of mind for all CMOs. Very recently, this executive search firm, it's called Spencer Stewart. They released a study and they said the average tenure of a CMO is at 40 months, which is actually the lowest tenure it's been in a decade. What do you think's changed? So I think a lot has changed, you know, on a few different dimensions. But I think certainly as we think about 
how marketing and what marketing is and what a chief marketer can be to an organization. I think that has certainly evolved from, you know, maybe more of a pure creative role. It is, you know, now since shifted in many organizations to more of a revenue focus, you know, more of a technology focus. And, you know, I think how broad the chief marketing officer title and role can be continues to expand. And, you know, that's, uh, I think, on the dimension of how much marketing and the consumer focus, consumer insights, performance, data-driven decisioning, all of that, how that can be applicable, not just to marketing, but to product, to roadmaps, to every area within an organization. So I think that's one piece of it. Certainly also think in general, we are in a time of, you know, consumption behaviors are changing. And certainly looking back on the last couple of years, a lot has changed. A lot has changed, not just in terms of behaviors, but in terms of the marketing and the digital landscape and, you know, still a focus on delivering relevant content, but in such a privacy centric way. So I think all of those things with the shifting role and what a CMO can be in an organization, I think those are some of the drivers. I couldn't agree more. And I believe the pandemic really prompted that shift with CMOs suddenly having to report to the CFO and tie back ad spent business outcomes. I previously covered DraftKings for AdAge. I've interviewed your CEOs several times. What most people don't know, I find this super fascinating about the three of them, is their roots are in performance marketing. Before they started DraftKings, they were all at Vistaprint, the card maker. So they are performance marketers at heart. Can you tell us a little bit about your first party data strategy? Because I don't think most people know this, but you guys are wildly sophisticated in how you guys leverage data as part of your marketing mix. Yes, the core really of our business, not just in marketing, but across the departments is that tech and analytics and data and how that comes to life in a variety of ways. But one of the ways that we have thought about it is especially with some of the privacy changes, it's a little bit of what is old is new and how do we integrate the sophistication that we have with our internal database, with the models, with the bid management that we have, and how do we adapt that? How do we think about success and performance and measurement? And what does that look like today in this new world? So when we think about integrating data in our marketing decisions, you know, it's very much a focus on everything from, you know, the traditional consumer insights, but also now a lot of triangulation around, we have survey-based, we have attribution, we have media mix modeling. We have now various ways where within attribution, we're modeling different ways that we can triangulate to understand how all the components are coming together, owned, earned, paid, and how we can come up with the best and most effective marketing strategy from a distribution channel. But also as we think about what are we saying, what is that message? And from a sports betting standpoint, certainly as we think about the trajectory of sports betting from a geo state by state legalization standpoint, how can we think about the consumer behaviors, interests, and certainly fandom on the sports level from a local level? How can we integrate that into our marketing messaging in a data driven way in the promotions that we're doing and how that varies in the different life cycles of the different states and in the different products that we operate? Yeah, as you say, over the past two years, sports betting has really taken off in the U.S., obviously with more states legalizing the practice for millions of Americans. And the pandemic has really boosted consumer adoption of it as well. People have just been sitting home on their couches participating because what else can we do? How has the legalization of sports helped the brand make gains at this time? Actually, this month marks four years since PASPA was overturned. So next month is four years with legal sports betting. So it has absolutely shifted how we think about marketing and the consumer adoption. And, you know, at this point, we're 18 markets, adults with mobile sports betting legally. It's now over 35% of the adult population. And we continue to see 
momentum, especially from border states that see that taxable revenue potential. So it has significantly shifted in how we think about going to market, how we think about going from 2012, we were daily fantasy sports, four years ago, sports betting to casino. Now we're really excited to compete in the NFT space with our DraftKings marketplace. So all of this has fundamentally changed how we think about you know going to market. But what has remained consistent is really the fun and excitement that comes with having skin in the game in whatever form that takes daily fantasy, sports betting, casino, you know, now NFTs. And so that's what's really exciting. And, you know, in the case of sports betting, you know, what has been interesting over these past four years is you have the state by state legalization. So you have different states at various stages of their maturity with sports betting. And so what we're thinking about, what we're testing and learning into is how do we speak, you know, maybe beyond just core sports betting, but really as the industry evolves, continuing to be educational and inclusive as we continue to broaden the market. You know, as you mentioned, the marketing strategy component of it, as more and more states have legalized sports betting, now, as we think about our marketing strategy, there's the local level and then there's also the national level. And as we think about where and how we're investing and talking to our players, new and existing, all of those things, we continue to learn and refine through a data-driven marketing approach. I want to dig in a little bit about what your marketing message is, because I saw so many ads when New York became legalized, which is where we're at. What is the narrative that you guys sell? Because it's sports betting, but how do you even approach that? Can you give some insight to our listeners? what we think about in our marketing campaigns and what we really want to show up with and bring to life for our players is that fun and that excitement, putting something on the line of having skin in the game. So I think really what we're trying to do is not only showcase the offering and the product and have educational components, whether it's daily fantasy or sports betting, but really bringing that thrill and excitement. And in the case of the Super Bowl, what we really wanted to do was bring that into the campaign like only we could, because it was a moment in the sports calendar where not only could we talk about that fun and that excitement, but we could actually offer something of having folks have skin in the game for the Super Bowl, where we were offering you know, up to five people twin a million dollars. So I think it's that type of excitement that as we think about content and the storytelling of DraftKings, that's where we focus. And, you know, one of the other things as we think about bringing our product and our brand to life is for various distribution partners, for various placements, how do we make that content relevant? How do we make it engaging for that specific distribution talent broadcast and bring it to life in that fun and exciting way? And, you know, you brought up the Super Bowl, and that certainly seems like one of your big strategies. Could you tell us a little bit about why the Super Bowl is such a good arena for your brand? It's obvious in some ways, for sure. But also curious why this year you chose to work with an outside agency, VaynerMedia, for the spots versus going internal like you did last year. Super Bowl is a moment. It is certainly a moment for any brand, but really for us, that moment for sports, for our players, and really a moment to engage and engage with the audience. And so we have seen huge success across a variety of different KPIs that were measuring everything from the top to the bottom of the funnel. In the case of this year, it was the first year that we were able to talk about sports betting. This was our second year advertising in the Super Bowl. Prior year, we were advertising our daily fantasy, free to play. And this was really exciting, being able to talk to a wide and broad audience about our offering about sports betting in this pivotal moment. And it is really, it goes beyond just that moment in the Super Bowl, but we really think about it as the lead up as well as the following weeks and even consistency into how we think about the upcoming NFL season. So what makes us excited about 
about Super Bowl and with that as a part of our strategy, again, is the ability to engage and engage not just through the TV spot, but in the lead up through social, through some of our talent, through some of our partnerships. And again, you know, Super Bowl is uh, you know most bet on day of the year. So it's certainly very exciting for our players and for us as a company. And, and we're excited to continue to build on that and have that engaging uh, communication with our players. I know you had mentioned previously around how we created our spot in terms of partnering with Vayner. I think we were really excited to partner with them. The idea was derived really from some testing through social and continued to build it out. And our internal team worked with Vayner to really blow out the campaign, not just for that moment in TV, but across all of our channels, social, out of home, et cetera. So it was a partnership to blow out the campaign with our internal team and working with Vayner for the idea and the Super Bowl spot. I believe DraftKings in the past has described the NFL season as their Black Friday, which totally makes sense. It brings people like me out of the woodwork. But during the pandemic, there was uh, some really interesting trends happening because sports weren't around. People were betting on some unusual sports, things that you typically wouldn't bet on. Can you just touch on a little bit of the weirdness that was happening during those early days? Table tennis comes to mind, uh, certainly as one that we saw a lot of success with and did continue. But, you know, in terms of versus NFL as king in, in that season, not quite at that level. But we did certainly see continued behaviors that we saw in the early pandemic. And I mean, you know, going back to that point in that moment a couple years ago, you know, it was really how do we think about this with sports being canceled, you know, left and right? How do we continue to deliver a product? How do we continue to drive engagement for our players? And we really double down on, you know, a lot of the those to continue to drive that engagement. We saw a lot of engagement across some of the content that we were putting out. But even beyond the top sports where we see engagement from NFL, baseball, basketball, we really are focused on going as deep as we can, whether it's soccer, cricket, darts. So we really continue to push and have depth in the sports verticals that we have. I'm curious about your other digital channels that you guys focus on. As you've mentioned, you're very data-driven. So curious about your approach to channels like CTV and reaching today's consumers where they are located. We very much take a holistic approach to the distribution channels that we use and how we think about reaching our players across the different tactics up and down the funnel in terms of reach all the way down to conversion, to reactivation. So when we think about our mix, it varies significantly, certainly, as you could expect from the time of year. In the case of sports, as we think about sort of temple activations, it varies by product as you think about our media mix and our marketing mix from sports, daily fantasy, and sports betting to casino. And again, now as we think about audiences that we have a marketing strategy for in the Web3 NFT space. So how we think about those different distribution channels really is about those audience insights. How do we meet our players where they are? How do we think about the right relevant targeted message? And how do we test? How do we come up with experiments, whether it be geo-based testing to ultimately drive towards whichever KPI um, we're focused on, whether that be driving actives, driving new acquisition, as we think about the different distribution channels that we leverage. Certainly NBA finals, as we think about NFL week one, those are all very significant moments in the calendar as we think about our marketing strategy. Going beyond sports, you know, our new DraftKings marketplace where we partner with Tom Brady's NFT company Autograph. When you think about the moments and what a temple is there, it's really around the drops and the content and, and what we're offering. And so again, each moment and marketing temple varies by product offering we have and ultimately how we think about what that strategy is, 
What channels do we want to leverage? How do we think about external distribution versus internal distribution? All of those things we're continuously testing and learning to continue to drive towards being authentic and relevant for our players. I could be mistaken, but I would imagine like, is it basically like your core audience, like young men? Are you guys doing anything to like attract women to sports betting? Women and women in sports is an area that we are focused on right now because we do believe that it's a huge opportunity as we look across the horizon. Right now, the audience is heavily weighted male at this point, but we do see a lot of opportunity on the female side and we're doing a lot of testing and content and really understanding through certain sports how we can be most effective in messaging and driving reach and driving engagement. So it's certainly an audience that we're focused on that we believe is growing and we are continuing to focus on it amongst other audiences as well. Now, uh, the biggest question of all, really, what is your favorite team to bet on? Boston sports, you know, we'll go with the Patriots, but actually it's funny as we think about some of the things we do in the office uh, more for fun is whether it's, you know, what's going to be the most bet on uh, football game of, of the season. I think if I recall, I believe it was Cowboys on Thanksgiving. So a lot of fun dialogue that we have internally as we think about sports and betting on sports. As someone who does bet on DraftKings, it is a lot of fun, but you know, you got to do so responsibly. What are some of the things you guys are doing in that space to ensure that's happening? Responsible gaming is a huge priority for us here at DraftKings and at the industry at large. So there's a lot of things that we're doing to focus on responsible gaming, but certainly, you know, within our marketing efforts, we're absolutely including it in messaging, whether it's in social media posts, whether it's rotated in with frequency in some of our linear advertising, whether it's with some of our influencers. So really focused on through our marketing distribution externally and internally educating around some of the tools that we have to bet and bet safely. But beyond marketing efforts, we have a handful of programs that we are focused on. We just recently announced our state council funding program, whereby over a million dollars to state councils across the country, not just ones that we are operating in, but also ones we are not yet operating in. And really those funds are going to nonprofits in and around responsible gaming. And we hope that that you know, goes to expand services, resources, because we know how powerful those can be. And so in addition to programs like the state council funding, we partner with the AGA, the American Gaming Association. We take part in their campaign of have a game plan, but safely, but responsibly and other programs, again, to really have an enduring impact on our company and on the industry. Things like partnering with Cambridge Health Alliance for how do we uh, rethink about training employees and the training program around this space, as well as contributions to new studies that are really investing in understanding the risk and prevalence of sports betting so across the industry and certainly for DraftKings. Responsible gaming is a huge focus and priority. You guys do a lot of these enter for free, win a million dollars. Have there been any like interesting stories? Does anything stand out? Because I, I see those and I'm like, I'm never going to win that. So, <laughs> but I'm sure someone has. So it's just like, who are they? We have a lot of fascinating stories over the years. I believe, you know, over 100 millionaires through some of the DFS, the daily fantasy contests that you were mentioning. And, you know, certainly some of the stories that stick out are folks where maybe it was their first time entering a daily fantasy contest and being that winner. Others are certainly some of the folks that had participated in a lot of contests. Actually, if you think about some of the campaigns that we've used, we identified that folks maybe feel like they couldn't win. So we thought about, okay, as a marketing challenge, how can we bring that to life? How can we show that 
this is real. You know, people are winning million dollars, a million dollars, million dollar top prize. So we've actually created some marketing campaigns. And one of them was from a few years ago where it was actually folks, someone local to Boston that was newer to the site and, and won the million dollars. So so essentially what you're suggesting for myself and our listeners, quit your job, become a millionaire, enter for free, play on <laughs> DraftKings. I mean, is that accurate? Yeah, I'm so jealous of those winners. What I would say is DraftKings, fun and exciting, and there's nothing more exciting than having a little skin in the game, whether that's 25 cents, a dollar, anything more. I think what's really exciting is that we have a lot of different offerings from daily fantasy, sports betting. There's certainly something for everyone here, however you want to experience the fun of having something, having some skin in the game. And that's it for The Current. Stay tuned because next week we speak with Andrea Brimmer, Chief Marketing and PR Officer at Ally Financial. I don't think there's a lot of banks that are building islands and animal crossings, writing children's books about financial literacy. We've just really, really been different in terms of how we've thought about coming to market. The Current is produced by Wonder Media Network. Our theme is by Loving Caliber. The Trade Desk team includes Cassie Crosby, Yvonne Sikic, Kat Vesey, Melinda Zurich, and Christine Gallagher. And remember, the core really of our business is that tech and analytics and data and how that comes to life and how we can come up with the best and most effective marketing strategy from a distribution channel, but also as we think about what are we saying, what is that message? I'm George. And I'm Elise. And we'll see you next week.